0: You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praycc.org.
1: So I want to kind of just touch a little bit on what uh, Jason kind of talked about. And, you know, just kind of in the last couple of months, I've been really, really more and more aware of this principle um, in, the, in the Bible, and it's always been there. It's just I feel like God is kind of just heightening um, it uh, to me as I'm kind of reading through Scripture. And Paul makes a really interesting observation in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 1, verse 9, and he talks about, he says this, he says, Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God." Who raises the dead. And so more and more, I'm just becoming aware of this principle of just dying to self. Of exalting more in my weaknesses, that in my weakness, the power of God would become greater. It's having this sentence of death, kind of like that song said, Without you, we can do nothing. And so just kind of having more and more of this awareness, you know, we can show up here on a Sunday morning, we can have great worship, we can have a great service, a great sermon, but I'm just kind of feeling more and more if God doesn't kind of come in power, I mean, to me, if the lost are not being found, if the sick are not being healed, if the captives are not being set free, I don't care how great the worship is. I don't care how great the message is. If the power of God is not coming and and being manifested among us, as far as I'm concerned, it's a complete waste of time. I want the power of God coming upon us, not just in this place, but in every place where we go, where we're called to be ministers and witnesses, that I want the power of God just to begin to break forth from our people as they go out into the world, that light into the darkness. And so I'm just asking, you know, part of my prayer has just been, God, I want to feel that sentence of death in me. I want to feel that weakness. I want to feel that sense that without you, I am nothing, I can do nothing. So that God, whenever you show up, God, whenever you just begin to move and your kingdom begins to manifest, that God, I would see that more and more as just, again, your greatness, your power. Not anything to do with me, not anything to do with the worship team, but that God, you you showed up, God. You manifested your power. Would you just pray with me before we get into the message? Father, I, I just pray that this morning. That, Lord, I, not just me, Lord, I just pray that all of us would just feel that sentence of death within us. And God, that we would feel that for the purpose, God, as your word says, Lord, that we would not dare trust in ourselves, that we would not dare lean on the arm of flesh in any way. But God, we would just come in a place of surrender, of complete humility. God, in just a place of weakness, God, that we would become the servant. So Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would just position us in such a way God, that you can move freely and unhindered in this place. God, that you're not having to contend with any flesh. You're not having to contend with any egos. That you're not having to contend with any human agendas. That, God, we have sacrificed. We have laid that all aside. That, God, we're looking and we're trusting and we're asking you, God, this morning, show up, God. Just manifest your power in this place this morning. And I just thank you for that, Lord. We just ask this in the name of your precious son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. When I first became a Christian back in the 1980s, I know some of you are thinking, how can you still be alive? It's so long ago. It feels a long time ago. I was a student at Iowa Wesleyan College in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. And the church that I kind of first started attending after becoming a Christian was a little Baptist church in Lowell, Iowa, which isn't far from the college that I attended. Anybody know where Lowell, Iowa is, by the way? Oh, cool, Tammy. It it is a beautiful little place. I remember the first time I went there, and you kind of just come over, and then there's kind of just this big valley Um, And Lowell, Iowa kind of just sat in this really beautiful valley. It was one of my favorite places uh, to drive to. So one Sunday morning during the worship service, the pastor kind of gave an invitation to anyone there that if God had placed something on your heart to share with the congregation, he kind of just opened up this opportunity and you could kind of come forward and just share whatever God had put on your heart. Leading up to that point or that day really, um, I had been kind of reading, and and there was a scripture that really kind of just jumped out at the page, and so I really kind of was focusing on that and and meditating on that, and following that invitation from the pastor, I really felt like I was supposed to just go up and share that particular verse that I had been looking at the week leading up to that, and just to share that with the congregation. I've not been a Christian for very long. So this was just kind of a really new experience for me. And I remember prefacing when I got up there what I was about to share. I kind of said that I felt like this was for someone in attendance. There. It wasn't a big congregation, probably maybe 75 people. But I said I really felt like this scripture verse was for someone. I don't know who, I don't know why, but just feel like this is a particular verse for someone there. I gave the reference where it was in the Bible, read the verse, And went and sat back down. Following the service, this lady approached me and she said, I just want to tell you thank you for being obedient. Thank you for sharing uh, what you shared. And she said, I just wanted you to know that message was for me. Now interestingly and unbeknownst to me, she was in the process of making a very difficult decision in her life and she was kind of wrestling with a very weighty issue. And she was kind of just asking God for some counsel and for some direction. Her son was a Christian and he lived in California. And she had been on the phone with him that morning kind of sharing this issue, this dilemma that she was going through. And her son had given her a Bible verse as part of his response and what he felt like was the Lord's counsel to his mom. She wasn't sure really that it was the Lord speaking to her or not. And so he kind of just said, look, mom, if this is really what God is speaking to you, God will give you a confirmation of that. Well, as you probably already guessed, it was the same verse I had gotten up and shared that morning. Now, what I did not know at the time and have since come to discover, that is the gift of prophecy. And it was operating in me that day. I'm not going to tell you, I didn't know anything about the gift of prophecy. And here I was, kind of walking and using that particular gift. Now there's just two truths I want to unpack for you this morning. The first truth is, the moment, I mean the moment, the minute, the second you become a born-again Christian, You have the ability to operate in the gift of prophecy. Because the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit dwells within you. That's truth number one. Now, I'm proof of that. I was not a Christian very long. I mean, I maybe had been a Christian maybe a month when this happened. Truth number two is this. If you have been a Christian for any length of time... You have probably operated in this gift multiple times and, like me, probably didn't even know you were doing it or what it was you were doing. Now, last Sunday, it kind of talked about uh, the spiritual gifts, especially kind of this focus that we might prophesy is kind of what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 14. By the way, that message is online. Uh, I obviously can't go back and, and read you know, talk about all of that. So, I would encourage you to get online, listen to that one on pursuing love. But, but Paul kind of talks again about these gifts in First Corinthians twelve, and then again in First Corinthians fourteen, and he kind of again just talks about the importance of of, of you know desiring the spiritual gifts and at the same time, kind of pursuing love. And so, First Corinthians fourteen twelve, the Apostle Paul says this: since you are zealous of spiritual gifts. Seek those gifts that will kind of strengthen or build up the whole church. Now again, the purpose of any spiritual gift is to strengthen, to encourage, to build up those who are a part of the body of Christ. Now specifically, referring to the gift of prophecy here, Paul says in 1 Corinthians fourteen three, and this is kind of what I want to unpack for you today because this is really at the heart of prophecy. Paul says, but the one who prophesies speaks to men, that's a gender neutral term there ladies, okay, said speaks to men, to people for edification, for exhortation and consolation. Now the living Bible translation puts that same verse this way, but the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. That's the whole purpose regarding the spiritual gift of prophecy. One of the most reasons people are so leery and and kind of just stand back from this whole spiritual gift of prophecy is that they confuse it with the office of a prophet. Okay, Paul makes a very clear distinction in Scripture. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 11, Paul kind of talks about, again, the offices. And he says, God gave some as apostles, some as prophets. There's the office of the prophet. He said, some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. That's my calling. That's my gifting uh, in this particular congregation. And so why am I here? Well, he says, for the equipping of the saints. I'm, I'm here to equip you for the work of service. I'm here to build you up in Christ so that you can build one another up in Christ. So again, the reference that Paul makes there is that office of the prophet or position of the prophet among the offices, the other positions of apostle, evangelist, teachers, and pastors. Now again, there's a significant distinction and you've got to understand this if you really want to, uh, you know, embrace the gift of prophecy, the spiritual gift of prophecy um, that Paul talks about there in 1 Corinthians 14. And you've got to distinguish that from the office of the prophet referred to there in Ephesians 4. Again, the gift of prophecy is to strengthen for um, comfort, for encouragement, for edification, whereas the office of a prophet is one who makes corrections. They may be the ones who kind of have a hard, tough word. They're the ones that maybe establish a direction for a nation. Okay? In 2 Samuel 11 and 12, you can read that later, following King David's adulterous affair with Bathsheba, and then he you know, kind of ordered and set up the murder of her husband. God sends the prophet, Nathan. Now, now Nathan is not coming in the spiritual gift of prophecy. He's coming in the office of a prophet. And it is David who then, his sin is revealed through Nathan the prophet. So when Nathan kind of goes and almost kind of brings forth David's sin, Nathan is operating, again, there in the office of a prophecy, of a prophet. It is not the same thing as the spiritual gift of prophecy. Now let me just say this. Very few people, very few people are called to the office of a prophet. Okay, sometimes people think, and, and part of the air, part of the tendency, that the drawback from the spiritual gift of prophecy is people think if you're going to prophesy over them, that you're going to begin to reveal the deep, dark, sinful past or things that maybe they're doing wrong. So people kind of, no, no, I don't want you prophesying over me. I don't want you disclosing any of my secret sins. I don't want you disclosing any darkness. That is not the purpose of the spiritual gift of prophecy. Okay, notice again, Nathan goes to David one-on-one. Oftentimes, if, if you're going if, to, if God is calling me to speak to a person about an issue in their life, he would never call me to do it from the platform in front of the congregation. I would come to you one-on-one. And Nathan came to David more in a story, and David disclosed his own sin. Nathan just used the story as a vehicle to make David aware, God knows, I know, and David was able to repent um, through that. So again, the spiritual gift of prophecy, it is to strengthen, to encourage, to comfort. It is not to reveal. It's not to bring you to a place of shame or guilt. It's not to point out mistakes and failures, either that you're currently in or ones that are in the past. Whereas the office of the prophet, it is limited to a few. Whereas the gift of prophecy is available, it is open to all believers. Now, one other factor regarding the spiritual gift of prophecy is it's a confirmation. It is never directional. Hear me on this. It is never to give you new direction. The gift of prophecy is always to confirm what you already know. It's to kind of confirm something God has been revealing or speaking to your heart. You're just coming by and you're just giving a confirmation of what maybe God has already spoken to them. Kind of what I did with that lady in that church service, not even knowing. I wasn't giving her a new direction. I wasn't giving her a new Bible verse. I was simply giving her what she already had been given, what she already knew. So again, be on guard that the spiritual gift of prophecy, when we're operating in this, okay, it's not to be used for dates, mates, or babies. Okay? I'm not gonna come up here and say you're gonna marry so and so, or I'm not gonna touch your stomach and say, you know, begin to kind of prophesy the, the sex of your child. None of that, none of that stuff. It's merely to confirm. What you already know, it's to confirm a direction that maybe God is calling you to go to in life. So again, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, and we're just going to take just a few moments here. We're just going to focus on this. The one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, consolation. Now that word edification there, it simply means a building up, an improvement in knowledge. Edification speaks of building people up spiritually by confirming their destiny or special ministry focus pastor jim's going to kind of come and i've asked him just to kind of share an example from uh his life regarding the prophetic use of of edification i'm going to leave the uh, definition up there uh and and again i want jim's story is going to kind of confirm how that gift of edification uh god uses that
0: prophetic things. Hello? I'm still on to, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Anyway, Um, so going down to Kansas City, and uh, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of different types of ministry. Thank you. Like in a small room off to the side, and there was four of us, Jeff was a part of it, and they began to speak different words of encouragement to people, and we recorded it, and Mary uh, documented that off the recording for us. The reason I bring this up is when we started getting involved What we did was get in like four uh, groups of four was one and people were starting to share with one another what they were feeling God was giving for them. Well, we ran out of time in my group and they never got to me. But there was a young man, mid-twenties, if that, black gentleman, dreads, and we were all done and he handed me this. And this is what it is. He writes down, this is what the Lord has shown me. As an old David, you'll finish all the Lord has for you in your generation. You've been in many battles and conquered much and lost much over the years. But there's another mountain filled with giants for you to overtake. You pass down the spiritual weapons slash wisdom to another legacy. You'll be filled with strength, filled with joy, your gray is your glory. I saw you dancing with flags, and the fire of the Lord was all around you. Leader, general, keeper, and guardian of the watch. He didn't know my call. He didn't know what I was about, but it all confirmed. It all built on all those years. And it all built on what I received in another room off to the side before he even had that opportunity. The blessing was, as I took that into the prayer room, I started praying over this. And I started praying over this. And in that, God gave me a word of building up for him. And it was so cool because it happened outside in the front of the uh, Jitters Cafe, <laughs> I call it Jitters, higher grounds. But, you know, it's like they had these outside, they were standing out there. Here he walks up and I, saw, I knew right away. I said, you know, you hear from God and God's gonna continue to speak, but it's more than that. It's how you share the heart of God with others that is so beautiful in you. And as you continue to share the heart of God the way you do, God's gonna open up more opportunities And you'll be speaking into people's lives. You'll wonder, I have, who am I to speak into this person's life? But I was able to affirm that and build upon what I saw in that guy's life uh, through the prophetic words that we shared together.
1: Awesome. Thank you. I know the small group that I was in kind of similar to Jim Um, there were people that didn't had no idea who I was never ever met me and they're kind of sitting there they're speaking to me you know God just gives me a picture of a shepherd does that mean anything to you I'm just kind of sitting there smiling yeah you you, you we just see you as someone who really speaks into a lot of people's lives and they're just giving like one confirmation after another so they kind of get done sharing everything they had given me they did not know this everything they had given Spoke to my role as a pastor. So when I got down, I looked at them all and I said, you're not going to believe this, but I'm a pastor. And They're just like all just like their eyes got like really big because they didn't know that. Um, so again, as you just begin to ask God for impressions, as you just begin to ask God for pictures, uh, it's, just, it's just amazing what God does with that. So that's edification. Exhortation simply means to urge To encourage, to continue, to persevere. So exhortation kind of differs from edification in that it kind of refers to encouraging people to persevere. It's there kind of to just encourage people. Don't give up on believing God for the promises that he has given you in your lives. Especially those times when you're just in hard, tough, difficult times. It's there to kind of uh, to encourage you maybe if you're dealing with temptation to sin. It's just to say, man, hang in there. Hold tough. Don't give up. Persevere. Exhortation can be helpful in kind of calling people to persevere in God's calling or God's direction in their lives. And it's just a way to kind of come alongside them and to say no matter what you're going through, No matter how difficult, no matter the troubles you're facing, the difficulties, the persecution, God will be faithful to you. Now one of the opportunities that I had several weeks ago involved a lady and it was using this gift of exhortation. Now, prior to going into this, I generally get more kind of impressions, um, is largely how God will will move through me in the prophetic. I'll kind of just get an impression, maybe a Bible verse, rarely ever do I get pictures. So prior to this, the lady that was teaching on this kind of talked about, you know, your primary ways that you're going to receive this, and she's kind of listing them, and I'm like going, yep, mine's impression. So she says, what I want you to do is I kind of want you just to be open because I just believe God's going to start moving in some different ways that you're going to kind of start seeing some different things. And so this was one of the first times I'd really gotten a picture in my mind. And that was really kind of like, wow, that was really. Awesome. So it was a picture for this particular lady. I did not know her, had never met her, didn't know anything about her background. And so as we're kind of sitting in the group and I'm like going, okay, I've got my eyes closed. I'm like, okay, God, what do you want to say to this woman? I mean, is there, is there a word? Is there a Bible verse? Is there an impression? Is there a picture? God, what do you want us, what, how do you want me to encourage her? And all of a sudden, I get this picture, this very clear picture in my mind. Of a room. I, I didn't really kind of know what kind of a room it was, but in the room there were these, there was this like puddles of water all over the floor. And coming out of the ceiling was kind of just this very slow leak. And it was just kind of adding to the, the puddles, the water that was on the floor. And so oftentimes, uh, when, you're, when you're doing pictures or, or words, sometimes God will give you kind of an interpretation of what that represents. So I got, I got the picture, felt like God gave me kind of some interpretation or some insight into the picture, and so I told the lady, I said, this is what I saw, and I said, I just had this impression that the room uh, is a living room. And that the water on the floor kind of represented a flow of God's power and presence. And that the leak from the ceiling was kind of an indication. It was a reference to the ongoing flow of God's power and presence. But God wants you to know that the flow, the leak that's coming from the ceiling was going to dramatically increase in by there's going to be an increase of the flow of God's power and presence was going to come forth from that ceiling like a gushing stream. And then I looked at her and I said, does that mean anything to you? Because it's really weird to me. I didn't, have any, I didn't have any understanding beyond that. When I get finished saying this, this lady's face just lights up. And I didn't know her again. I didn't, never met her, never talked to her. She went on to tell me that her and her husband, they have a home church that meets in their living room. And she said one of the main reasons we were at this conference was, she said, we've been struggling the last six months And she said, just kind of feeling as we've met in our home with this group, we just kind of feel like the power and the presence of God, it flows, it's there, but it's just not as strong as we would like it. And she said, we were hoping and we came for a confirmation that God was going to increase in his power and presence through the ministry in their living room. That picture was a confirmation to her of what what they were asking and what they were seeking for God. And again, folks, there is nothing special about me. Trust me, if you knew me, you would think, I cannot believe God moves through this guy. Same thing is going to be true for you. Now, the word comfort, that word there simply means you're just there to kind of comfort. You're there to kind of give courage Comfort speaks of giving God's perspective in times maybe where there's just been great disappointment or maybe there's just been a setback in your life. And sometimes in that word of comfort, you're just able to come to those people and you're able to kind of give them God's perspective in telling people that while you're in this time of difficulty, of trouble, of just setbacks and difficulties, God has a plan for you in that pressure. I'm going to ask Mary because uh, she's probably one of the people I know that moves the best uh, in this gift of, of comfort, of mercy. That's okay.
2: Well, I don't know how many of you have known, but the last three years, I have been working third shift at a hotel I can't tell you how many times I've been cussed out or had to deal with a lot of people who are drunk. It's not been easy. Okay. And the temptation to feel like you're blowing it, that you're not making a difference, is incredible. And I go in... I want you to know this isn't just for me. There are some of you that are struggling with the same thing. I want you to know this is not just for Mary. This is for you, too. I feel like I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, Well done, Father, and how you've created this one. I think there's a rejoicing between the Godhead in just the way you have been created. You hold a special place in the heart of the Lord. I feel like there is one defining thing of who you are and how God looks at you. This is my dove, my perfect one. That's who you are to the Lord. You can take confidence in that. He's not going to say that over somebody and lead them down the wrong path. You can be confident in how God's leading you in life right now.
1: That was spoken to you over you at the prophetic conference, and then you, like, come back, and, like, within weeks, you've got a brand new job with better pay, better hours. She, Mary hasn't really been able to be here a lot on Sundays because she's usually home right now sleeping after, you know, all that she's gone through the night before. So this is, I mean, just like, wow, you know, so we're just really blessed by that, and it was just a great word of comfort and hope uh-huh. for you. Again, the gift of prophecy, what it did for her, what it did for Jim. Now, let me just give you an example. okay we've given you examples where this is where you know we can just stand up here and just you know glory in God's uh, success. I want to give you an example of where I totally blew this uh, just to balance this out, to encourage you in my failure. When I was in Kansas City, it was a Sunday night, and um, we had been given the evening to kind of do whatever we wanted to do. Our schedule was pretty tight. It was pretty full. And so one of the first things, I mean, the very first thing I did when I got to Kansas City was to find out where the nearest Bass Pro Shop was. And then I looked at my schedule and I tried to figure out where can I carve out enough time to go um, to heaven. I mean, Bass Pro Shop. (laughs) So I saw that we had Sunday evening free, and so I had made plans that I wanted just to kind of go and look around. Now the only disadvantage to going on Sunday night was that they closed at 7 p.m., and we didn't get done that night until five o'clock. So I thought, I'm thinking, you know, okay, it's about a half hour drive there, so I'm not going to get there till 5:30, and so I'm only going to have like an hour and a half in Heaven, a Bass Pro Shop, and so as I'm driving to Bass Pro Shop, I am in five-lane interstate, and the traffic's, you know, moderately heavy, and I am driving in the far left lane. Up ahead of me, I see this woman who is sitting on a concrete embankment divider type thing that separated my five lanes of traffic going this way from five other lanes of traffic going this way. Here's this woman this cement divider who's just sitting there. There's no car prior to that, after that, on the interstate. I don't know how she got out there. I don't know how long she'd been there. I had no idea what she was doing. But she's there. And as I see her, I get this very, very strong impression That I am to stop and go and tell her, God has not forgotten you. Okay? Simple message. God has not forgotten you. My response, I'm in the far left lane of traffic. Moderate traffic in Kansas City. And Bass Pro Shop closes at 7. I'm thinking by the time I get over from going to the far left into the far right lane, kind of pull over, I'm going to be so far down the interstate I'll practically be at Bass Pro Shop. So I kept going. And I have to tell you that night I had some major repenting to do because I realized I was not being a good or a faithful steward of that gifting. And out of that response, I promised God I will never, ever do that again. Clearly, this woman needed a comforting, encouraging word from the Lord, and I was disobedient in that. But in that repenting, I prayed, God, I hope, God, you sent somebody who was more obedient than I. And I hope that that woman received that message. And I hope that for whatever reason, it encouraged, it strengthened, it comforted her heart. So I'm learning. And there just are times when you walk in this, you're, you're going to learn. You're going you're gonna to have these great encounters with people. You're also just going to make mistakes. You're going to miss it. You're going you're gonna to blow it. But that's okay. So I'm learning to be more faithful in and through this with both the positive and the negative. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to just pray. I, and I want to pray that, again, that, that Timothy, I think, if, if, can you just go, I, I'm running a little short on time here. Can you kind of just go to... Um, Go to the very last one, I think, down there. 2 Timothy, verse 6. Yeah, there's the one. Uh, Yeah, that's the one right there. Paul kind of just, again, talks about fanning into flames the spiritual gifts that God's given you. And I believe if you go through and you read 1 Corinthians 14, and, and I would encourage you to do that this week sometime. Just make that part of your goal this week is to get through that one chapter 1 Corinthians 14, because Paul talks about the gift of prophecy. And several times in there, Paul makes it abundantly clear. This is for everybody. This is for all believers. Okay? Whether you've ever done this before. And again, I'm hoping that if some of you have kind of heard me talking about this, Jim and Mary, sharing on this. My hope is is that some of you are kind of starting to think about events that have happened to you. Where you're like going, yeah, yeah. I remember an event where God gave me a word, God gave me a picture, God gave me a scripture verse to give to somebody, and I did that, and I didn't know what that was. Well, now you do. And what I want to do is I want to begin to kind of just take whatever little ember may be burning in there in you on the gift of prophecy, and I want to just begin to ask the Holy Spirit to just begin to fan that into a flame. Not that we're just going to be using that gift in here. I mean, I want you to be able to go into your workplace. I want you to be able to walk into a supermarket. I mean, try this sometimes. As you're going into a supermarket, just make yourself available to the Holy Spirit. God, if there's anybody in here this morning, morning, this afternoon, whatever whatever you're in there, God, if there's somebody in here that just needs an encouraging, comforting, strengthening word from you, uh, God, would you just give that to me, and God, I'll be faithful to pass that along. You'll just be amazed at how God will begin to put people in front of you, as he puts those people in front of you, he'll give you the thought, the impression, the picture, the word, the scripture, whatever, and as you just are obedient in that, you're just going to begin to kind of see people's lives uh, really begin to change, and again, it's not to point out any sin. It's not to give them new direction. It's just to come alongside, confirm, maybe again encourage them, to, to edify them, to encourage and strengthen them this morning. So that's what I want to do this morning. I just want to pray. You know, even Wednesday night, um, God gave me uh, a picture for uh, a a lady here. Uh, We were praying for her, and God just gave me a really strong picture and and just shared with her. This is the picture that God's given me for you. This is what I think it means. And you could just see that she was so blessed by that. Uh, And that's what God wants to do, and He wants to use you and I. We're His hands, we're His feet, we're His voice. Uh, and God wants to use you to encourage, to strengthen, to edify uh, one another in this place. So I'm just going to just invite you, invite the worship team to come back up this morning. I just want to pray over you that God would just begin to fan this gift of prophecy, that God would just begin to fan that ember, maybe for some of you. For some of you, maybe it is a flame, and I just want that flame to get bigger and brighter and stronger. So would you just stand with me this morning? I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that by the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place this morning, Father, I thank you that first of all, God, that you have given this gift to edify, to exhort, and to comfort to all believers. And God, it is not a gift that we operate in the flesh. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that as the Holy Spirit lives and dwells, And each believer... That God, you desire to use us in the spiritual gift of prophecy. So Father, I just pray, Lord, for every believer in this place, for every born-again, spirit-filled Christian in this place. God, I don't care how big or small the flame of prophecy is in their life. Father, I ask by the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit that you would begin to fan that into a mighty burning flame. That God, people would begin to have impressions, pictures, that God, you would just begin to give people uh, maybe a scripture verse, maybe a word of encouragement, and God, that you would give them boldness and courage, God, to be able to share that, knowing it's not coming from them, but God, it's coming from you to them for a very particular reason. So, Father, I just pray that you will unleash This gift of prophecy, God, not for just inside these walls, but more for outside these walls. That, God, we can indeed be the light of the world to those who maybe are struggling in darkness. Father, that we can be the salt of the earth, God, preserving, strengthening, and encouraging. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would just again just bring forth. Call forth and stir up the gift of prophecy in your sons and your daughters. Father, we thank you that Joel says that when the Holy Spirit comes, that it will fall, it will fill all flesh. And he says your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And Lord, we desire as the Spirit lives, as the Spirit falls upon us, God, that we want that to manifest itself. In exhortation, in edification, and in comforting others, Father. And we just ask all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.